Hello, I am Isabel Castro, a reporter for Fintech Nexus News, and I focus on stories from a European perspective. I interviewed Sarah Davies, Chief of Data and Analytics at Nova Credit, to find out about their credit passport and how their partnership with HSBC will help them tackle global financial exclusion of migrants. We spoke about financial inclusion, alternative credit data, open finance and Brexit. Here it is. Enjoy. Hi. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Well, actually, good afternoon for you, I guess. Yeah. Well, just. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. Hi there. Good uh, Good afternoon, I guess, Isabel. <laughs> All right, Sarah, I'll hand it off to you. All right. Thanks, Megan. Uh, so Nova Credit. Nova Credit is um, the, I think, the first and at this point only global consumer permissioned credit data platform. Um, we are essentially uh, a mechanism by which immigrants moving from one country to another can uh, bring their credit data from their home country over to the country that they've arrived at and present it to uh, lenders for underwriting. So why is that important? Basically, when you travel to another country, especially if you're looking for school uh, or a job relocation, stuff like that, uh, you will not have credit in the new country that you arrive at. So you can't get a loan for a car, a phone, you can't rent an apartment. Mm -hmm. You have no way to basically demonstrate your financial identity. So with the Nova Credit solution, we enable you to actually become visible to the destination country and uh, allow your previous, let's call it management of your financial information to be used for um, for underwriting purposes and access to credit. So the credit passport, is that aside from that or is it kind of just putting this way of approaching the market that Nova Credit does into a product? The latter. The latter, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're tracking right. Um, so what we do, and let me just describe the underlying sort mm-hmm. of process, and then I'll get you to kind of the credit passport product, okay. right? So, you know, if you were coming over to America for uh, school or a job or whatever, as I said, you know, you, you need to have your data brought over. So what happens is we have built on the Nova Credit platform pipes into UK credit bureaus mm-hmm where we pull that data for you and you you know you basically you go through a process of saying this is who i am this is where i live in the uk etc or lived we bring that data over we restructure that data into a us interpretable format so we know what is uh let's call it insightful for risk in the us so we bring that data over restructure it and that restructuring essentially is a presentation of your UK credit file into uh, what we call the credit passport. And okay. the credit passport is essentially the product that a US lender like American Express or HSBC in our newer markets is able to review and then make a decision on. Okay, great. So it's literally like a passport where you can just take it with you and go wherever you need to. Yeah, definitely. And and especially now that we're now that we've and I'm going to little bit more about our, our our platform our partnership with hsbc mm-hmm. the really exciting hsbc is you know prior to that relationship we were essentially bringing data from i think 20 plus countries 
into the United States. Mm -hmm. HSBC's uh, relationship with us is allowing us to create a global network where we can actually move data and are working on moving data from any country in our network to any country in our network. <laughs> and so, yeah, imagine that you've got your passport, you know, your let's call it your, your national passport. Now you've got your credit passport. Okay. You go to any of those countries that we're in, that's in our network and present that data for access to credit. Okay, that's that's really amazing. Um, that's really exciting. <laughs> it is really exciting. I mean, I've been in the industry 3000 years, right? And so, you know, you you cannot move data across countries, mm -hmm. right? It's it's just something that the institutional design of the credit system has sort of prevented. And uh, Nova's found a way to do that through this consumer permission capability. Um, but what it does is it opens up, quite frankly, access for for people, um, you know, all over the world. Um, mm. You know, as I said, we started with 20 countries coming into the US. Oh, it was 20 markets, 20 travel corridors, right? Okay. UK, US. With the new HSBC relationship and creating that many-to-many -many relationship, we're now opening up access across close to 400 uh, travel markets. Wow. Okay, that's yeah. huge. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty exciting. yeah I'm excited. I keep, stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how does a customer go about setting themselves up with this credit passport? So, you know, the way it works is that we would sit down and I'll, I'll sort of describe, you know, how it would with the HSBC relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we sat down and met with the HSBC credit risk team and their tech teams and described the opportunity and said, look, you know, you've got this many consumers coming to you annually that you you aren't able to give credit to because you don't have any access to credit. So, you know, we go through that sort of process of saying, let's size the problem. Um, once the, uh, the customer, HSBC in this case, had said, yes, we, we really want to have this capability. We then work with HSBC to ensure that the technology integration aligns with their platform. So, the two critical pieces for that are one, the consumer permissioning piece. Mm -hmm. So all of our data um, is only available when the consumer says, yes, I want to give out my data to HSBC. So we create um, within the HSBC application uh, flow uh, for the consumer, uh, a sort of, let's call it a branching point that says, if you have credit data in another country, mm -hmm. go to uh, go to our, come to our site We'll ask you for all of your pertinent security information. Where okay. do you live? Um, what do you think is in your credit file? Can you verify that information, et cetera? So we, we do a lot of very um, strict sort of management to make sure we're not giving a credit file to, for somebody that, that isn't you. Mm -hmm. Once you, the consumer, identify that, yeah, this is your credit file, we bring that over to HSBC. So that's step one mm -hmm. in terms of kind of the consumer's experience. On the back side, behind the scenes, um, we're running a that interpretation process where the data from uh for example the uk is is really quite similar to uh, maybe the us mm -hmm. and so we have to sort of massage that data a little bit make sure that we all understand the same loans what is a credit card definition in the uk versus the credit card definition here so we have to go through that sort of data mapping and translation process okay. uh, so that it means the right stuff so we sort of go through those two streams in parallel and then um, fundamentally, you give the data to the customer, HSBC, mm -hmm. they apply their credit rating, credit risk standards 
determine how to um, work with the customer, the consumer. Okay, great. Okay, that seems like a pretty simple process. I mean, with lots of different levels, but pretty simple, actually. Um, yeah, I think conceptually it is it is really straightforward, especially now. And again, the UK I think is is more advanced, quite frankly, than than some other countries. More, uh, especially now with sort of the ideas of open banking, consumer mm. permission, uh, access to data and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. The open banking aspect, um, obviously, not all countries are on board with open banking. Uh, does that affect anything uh, in the process or um, is it pretty much the same? It's, it's, a, it's an important consideration and it's, it's part of what makes uh, Nova's platform so unique and why many other credit bureau you know, enterprises won't, don't go down this path. Mm-hmm. You know, for each country, we need to look at what are the data privacy laws, what is the consumer consent uh, construct within all of the um, open banking, open open data pri- uh, constructs, and we have to kind of build our solution to satisfy all of those regulatory comp- um, requirements as well. So that's sort of a third prong, so to speak, of um, the solution, um, and it is often uh, country specific, mm-hmm. but uh, we we have thus far been successful in uh, enabling access and working with. Every, everything from a, a regulator to a bank's audit lending compliance teams to the actual credit risk teams. Okay, great. And um, well, obviously you're based in the US, so I imagine quite a lot of your stuff has been to do with the US, but is it possible for people to go, I don't know, UK to Argentina or Argentina to India, for example, is that also possible? Um, it will be. So okay. where we are now with, with the, and this is why we're so excited about the HSBC investment, is that we are sort of building out our, you know, network, travel network, in alignment with the HSBC footprint. So we started um, our first um, sort of, you know, non-US connect point is actually Singapore, mm-hmm. and we built India to Singapore, and that was sort of sort of proving and demonstrating the the connectivity and the data flow, but um, and so that's sort of where we're we're heading is as HSBC identifies its markets, we're building those travel corridors or enabling those travel corridors. So we we've got um, Singapore, India. We'll also now connect the UK to them, Philippines. Um, all to to Singapore, then we will look at the UK network and say, where are most of the immigrants coming to the UK from? And we will now enable those. Um, We we probably have, I want to say, over access to over a billion credit files across the world. Wow. Okay. That's cool. uh, no, no other credit bureau, no like Equifax, TransUnion, Experian has that kind of access. So we we have a, a really vast access um, ca- capacity um, that probably satisfies most of the immigrant travel for I would say the dominant markets. When we have new countries that um, we're looking to integrate, you know what we then do, like Argentina, for example, mm-hmm. as you said. Argentina would be a country we would look at and say, okay, how can we bring this, uh, integrate this onto our platform? And, you know, we then go through that data mapping process and get that data uh, into our um, into our system. 
Okay, wow, that's it's a really amazing product. Um, and the choice to do the connection between Singapore and India, is that following kind of migration flows? Why, why the initial place there? Um, it was, so a bit of both in one sense, yes, uh, for Singapore, India is a, a critical market. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, I, as, as we were partnering with HSBC, and we wanted to uh, ensure that that also satisfied their sort of needs for understanding how the technology would integrate across their global platform. Okay. And so it was a great sort of first corridor for us to connect into that they could learn as much as we were learning mm-hmm. and then propagate that solution across the rest of the network. So it's sort of just the beginning of what will be, I think, a hockey stick of, um, you know, lots of markets integrating pretty quickly now. Okay, awesome. Um, and so the financial inclusion aspect, obviously, well, to me, it seems like a huge part of this. Can you maybe tell me how it's going to affect financial global financial inclusion? Yeah, now you're talking about my passion. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Um, and, and, you know, my role at Nova, I've been at Nova for about four years, I'm the chief data and analytics officer, but my role is all about how do we get this data or any data, so to speak, to um, accurately and fairly assess consumers when they don't have that classic credit file, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most of the credit scores around the world need to have enough information on your credit file in order to score you. So a couple of trades, plenty of history, all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, the credit passport solves that problem mm-hmm. in that it addresses uh, the need of, you know, more credit data. So when you bring, um, you know, your home country credit data over to the new country where you have nothing, this now supplements that. And so you're very clearly, um, you know, solving that credit data need. Uh, and the, the thing that we found with our analysis is that basically credit data in any country is is accurate and representative of how a consumer will behave. You know, I've lived in six different countries throughout my life and I suddenly don't change my, let's call it credit risk management behaviors moving from one country to another. You know, I don't, I didn't turn up in South Africa and suddenly decide to trash and not pay any of my bills. You know, mm. I kept paying because that's my value system. So credit data is very powerful in that way. So it solves a, you know, for immigrants, this solution solves a critical part of um, the financial inclusion need uh, very, very effectively. We are building a second product called our Cash Atlas product. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cash Atlas looks at bank transaction data and recognizes that, you know, some people just don't like credit data, credit loans, mm-hmm. uh, and aren't simply going to use the the uh, credit system in a way that's conventionally understood. But 95% of US citizens and almost everybody across the world will have some kind of bank account, a checking account, mm-hmm. current account. And so um, how do we use that data to underwrite consumers as well? And our Cash Atlas product is intended to get at uh underwriting or enabling underwriting for consumers who may never have much credit data but have lots of bank data um so this is where you know the open banking work in the uk is very similar affordability concepts Mm -hmm. uh all of those pieces 
And our intention is to use Cash Atlas to actually sort of go deeper into the financial inclusion space. Okay. Um, where, you know, where where Credit Passport sort of covers the global network of travel, you know, people moving from one country to the other, there is a financial inclusion well, so to speak, in every country of mm -hmm. people who are just not underwritten with uh, credit. And our solution of, of Cash Atlas fits there. Um, and and that's kind of, that's sort of our breadth and depth approach to the financial inclusion space with these two products. My goal personally is that, you know, within five years time, we should have sufficiently mature solutions using those two forms of data to to entirely eradicate the, even the idea of financial inclusion. Wow. Quite simply, there's no need for this idea of financial inclusion. The data is very good. The technology is very good. Um, we now need to propagate easy to use solutions for the consumer and we will no longer even have this idea of financial inclusion anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see how those two products really complement each other to get to that point. Um, five years is a very short span of time. How far ahead are you with the Atlas product? Atlas we launched uh, in May of this year. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good observation. Um, what I would say is that, um, you know, I started off in credit risk accounts. I built the Vantage Score credit score in the United States starting in 2007. Okay. And at that point in the US, which I think in some ways is the most reluctant to use bank data, um, there was a fair amount of resistance to what we would call non-conventional or alternative data like bank data. Mm -hmm. So that's 2007, you know, fast forward, here we are 15 years later, and the fintech layer of the United States is, they're all using bank data. Um, and almost every mainstream lender I know now is beginning to explore and engage with ways to use bank data to supplement their underwriting. So I do think we're at this really exciting tipping point um, of where this data is going to be sort of widely adopted. Um, and as I say, in, in many other countries, it's already in place. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm optimistic because maybe I need to be, but, um, you know, you've got to have that hope and aspiration. But I think five years time, you know, let's you, you and I plan to talk again. And I think we'll see a radically different uh, level of uptake and acceptance of that data. Well, I hope so. And I think you guys are really putting the tools in place to be able to support that as well. Um, I imagine this will have quite a big impact if you're using the Atlas product with the passport, I can imagine it will have a lot, a big impact on people who maybe had bad credit scores. They got Brad's credit scores for one reason or another, but it was like 10 years ago. And so they don't really have access to credit because of that. But because you've got this Atlas product and the product, um, you go past that. That's exactly right. You know, you can find on your credit file data will stay on there seven to 10 years. Yeah, you can have a bad event a long time ago and it's really dragging your credit score down. Mm -hmm. But really, the thing that really matters when you look at data and how it points to how you're going to behave tomorrow or in the next couple of years is what did you do in the last few years? Mm -hmm. And if you've been locked out of the credit system, which is a, a big situation for financial inclusion consumers, if you look at your bank data and see you've never had a low balance, you've never had a balance check, insufficient funds that's a really great statement about your capacity to manage and that's what should be driving the um you know the underwriting the conversation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
yeah i agree absolutely um well i've gone through all of my questions uh is there anything that you would like to touch on uh or emphasize that either we haven't gone over or you'd like to emphasize it um i love the conversation it was really fun uh reagan what what uh what have i missed that that um you know, did we cover, do you have any other questions about our HSBC partnership and relationship? Reagan? I was going to say, you guys already segued very nicely into Cash Atlas. Um, I would maybe, with you, Sarah, if you wanted to kind of touch on HSBC's plans to kind of like roll this out to some of the other countries kind of more in-depthly. Yeah, um, you know, our, our plan here, uh, as I said, you know, we started off with the India Singapore scenario to sort of establish the learning for the, the rest of the markets, you know, our, our, our next big um, sort of step forward will be while we're broadening the number of markets coming into Singapore, Philippines, uh, UK, etc. We will also start and launch for HSBC in the United Kingdom and taking all of the markets that we have within our network and bringing access to the UK. So when you look at sort of the really, I think, the big step forward in terms of HSBC getting access mm -hmm. to, um, you know, underwriting for um, immigrants, uh, newcomers to the, to the UK, that will be the next big step and that will be 2023. Okay. Uh, so um, I would expect to see, you know, again, a big, a big learning step, but also now you'd see us fully in production and, and a fully mature product at that point within the HSBC network. So that's where we're all focused. Um, and, you know, the implications for Nova at that point mean that we really do have um, a really strong beachhead in the in the UK as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the UK, um, obviously, they're going through a bit of a rough time with the changes and kind of economic policy and all of that kind of stuff and obviously brexit do you see any of that affecting you at all with that idea yeah no fascinating um so i don't know i think the first question is whether liz trust and quality Catan can actually yeah. stay in power for the next true <laughs> that is debatable yeah, not off to a good start no um but um, I think, you know, the implications of what's going on within the UK and whether or not the UK is sort of on, you know, let's call it a verge of a recession or how bad of a recession and all of that economic instability. I, I think in anything, it strengthens the need for for passports in that I would imagine any good lender, which of course HSBC is, is sort of, you know, one of the world's best, would be reevaluating their credit criteria. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it could make consumers coming from other countries, you know, even more um, appealing in that the the dynamics of whatever behavior is going on in their home country uh, would strengthen their credit representation. So I would imagine the data that we deliver to the UK through for HSBC will actually become more critical as HSBC looks to retain its um, you know financial stability and profitability. So I, I would see from that perspective, the um you know the dynamics there being very um very important um brexit is sort of interesting because i don't think it's really all played out yet in mm -hmm. terms of what all the implications are especially the uh you know the european you know travel corridors 
Um, so that one I, I'm not sure about yet in terms of what's going on, but I think it's a really important thing to watch. Uh, what we do know for the UK is that most of the, the markets coming in to the UK are actually India um, and some sort of the Asian markets, uh, etc. So um, Europe may not be as critical of a, a beachhead for, for the HSBC, but um, it'll, it'll play into how they sort of leverage, I think, the data. Okay. Okay. Well, it has been a really interesting conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to touch on, or? I don't think so. I think uh, I think we've covered the, we've covered the globe in in a couple of different ways. So it's uh, <laughs> exciting. Thank you for your questions. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Have a really good day. All right. Take care. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Thank you, everyone.